Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Could your own brother do something so damaging to you that you would be willing to absolutely ruin their dream job? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I got my abusive dad arrested for fraud. We had the most turbulent childhood because my dad was unnecessarily mean and wicked to us. He is the most terrible narcissist I have ever seen. He expected the entire family to revolve around him. We had to always think of him and what he would think of how he would feel. Growing up, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad worked at an accounting firm. At first, my mom homeschooled my sister and me, but as soon as she fell ill, my dad enrolled us in regular school. I have so many memories of my dad yelling at my mom, yelling at me, shoving me and threatening to hit me. I remember my sister's screams and how he pushed my mom to the wall one day and she hit her head on the wall and passed out. He called an ambulance and told them my mom was cooking and passed out. She was pregnant at the time and she lost the baby. My mom passed soon after and it was just my dad, my sister and I. I thought things would get better, that my mom's death would make my dad sober up. And it did, but only for a while. He drank a lot and looked tired most of the time, but he soon started smiling again. At outsiders though, not at my sister and me. My dad was the down-to-earth guy outside the home. His co-workers adored him, the people at church loved him, and he got different awards at the end of every year. But at home, he was nothing short of a beast. He never even spoke to us if he wasn't barking orders at us. My sister and I were terrified of him. I managed to do well in school, but my sister wasn't quite as good. She consistently got bad grades and was always moody. Her teacher had a private meeting with me and asked if all was well at home. I told her we were fine. She asked if we spoke to a professional after our mom died, and I said no. She promised to convince our dads to let us speak to a professional. She did call him and they had a conversation, but our dad never let us go to therapy. I'm sure it was because he didn't want us, especially me, talking to a shrink about all that was happening and had happened at home. I knew I had to be strong for my sister, so I tried to be her therapist instead. I had gotten a couple of books from the school library on handling grief, so I tried to talk to her and help her and myself process our mom's death. My dad was barely ever with us. He was mostly at work and at church. Whenever he wasn't home with us, A lady from church came over to take care of us, and she left immediately after he returned home. Sometimes that was after she had ensured we'd had our baths and tucked us in bed. One day, my dad came home with chocolates and an announcement. I've found you two a new mother, he said cheerily. It was the happiest I had seen him. I had never seen him that happy. He gave us the chocolates, and we went back to our rooms. When he dropped us off at school, the morning after, he made the announcement, My sister asked if I think our new mom was going to be like daddy. I told her I didn't know. I only wished she was going to be as sweet as mom was. My sister barely had any memory of my mom since she was very young when my mom passed. Our stepmother was the sitter from church, and since we already knew and loved her, we accepted her with open arms. My dad got married to her in the small church we attended. She was a simple lady and worked at the daycare established by the church. 
When she moved in with us, she became just like a mother to us. She laundered her clothes, brushed my sister's teeth sometimes, and read her bedtime stories. She also helped with the craft-related parts of my homework and made sure we were well-fed and happy. Not long after, she got pregnant and had my half-sister. My sister and I were happy and so was my dad. The church loved my stepmother and especially loved my dad, so we got many gifts from groups in the church and individuals. My dad was around the house more. He spent more time with us even though we didn't connect with him and he didn't try to connect with us too. He was also more loving and attentive, especially to us children. One thing was obvious though, my stepmother was not happy. She may have been happy about the birth of her child and happy to care for us as her stepchildren, but she certainly was not happy in her marriage. She and my dad never went out together to do fun stuff like other couples in the church. They went to church together and that was it. He hardly ever was present at the table with us at dinner or breakfast. It was almost like he was deliberately trying to avoid his wife. It was after the birth of my half-sister that my dad resumed his abusive behavior. My stepmom drove to our school to pick us up and scratch the car. She kept telling me about the scratch, admitting that she was worried about what my dad's response would be. It reminded me of how my mom and I used to walk on eggshells whenever one of us had done something and we knew that my dad would never let us hear the end of it. I was genuinely surprised that she was scared. I had never seen my dad treat her badly, at least not like he treated my mom. I'd never seen him scream at her or threaten to harm her. That evening, my stepmother and I were cleaning the kitchen while my sister watched over our little half-sister. My dad suddenly appeared in the kitchen, startling me. What happened to the car? He asked my stepmother. She shot me a nervous look before looking up to smile at my dad. Honey, it's a funny story, she started. A funny story, he yelled. A funny story, huh? What is this funny story? How is it funny that you just ruined my car? If you contributed a penny to the purchase of that car, I'm sure you wouldn't refer to damaging it as a funny story. My stepmother's eyes glistened with tears. It was an accident, she said, her voice breaking. He shook his head and walked out of the kitchen. My dad hardly ever joined us for dinner. Even when he was at home, he would rather eat in his study. That night, however, he joined us for dinner. As my stepmother poured the juice into my dad's glass from a jug while holding my baby sister on her left hip, My sister reached down and knocked the glass over, causing the juice to spill all over the table and onto my dad's shorts. Are you stupid? Are you out of your mind? He stood abruptly to prevent more of the juice from pouring on him. She knocked the glass down. It was a mistake. Why does everyone keep making mistakes around here? Are you idiots? Jesus, I can't even sit through dinner without you trying to ruin my clothes. He kept ranting and screaming. My stepmother said nothing. She simply cleaned up the table and served my sister and me. My dad, seeing that no one was paying him attention, came back to the table and had his meal. We ate silently that night. I hope daddy never eats with us again, my sister whispered to me as we went up the stairs to our rooms. That incident was just the beginning of my dad's abuse towards us, the kids and my stepmother. He would yell, scream, bang on tables, on the wall, and the cars steering, and call us the most derogatory names. He told my stepmother numerous times that she was nothing without him. He would say that he rescued her from her boring old life and brought her into wealth. You can't do anything right, he would say to all of us. He was a lot harder on me than he was on my sisters. What a wuss, he would exclaim with an irritated look on his face. Years went by. 
and my dad's behavior didn't get any better. I began to come out of my shell more and talk to people in school. I made more friends and would get out of the house often, even without permission. I had to stop when I noticed my dad blamed my stepmother for my behavior. You've spoiled these children, he would say to her. They're so unruly because of your inability to properly raise a child. You fail at everything. My mom never talked back to my dad and I wondered why. Perhaps she genuinely believed all that he had said to her. Maybe she believed he was doing her a favor like he'd told her too many times. He also told her many times that no man, in his right senses, would marry someone like her with no college education and no decent income. My stepmother became a shadow of herself. When she used to be our sitter, we had a lot of fun together. She sang to us, read to us, and used to crack jokes. She stopped doing those things. She was mostly quiet, unassuming, and tiptoed around the house. I returned from school one day and met my stepmother in the dining, sobbing, her face pressed to the table. Mom, I called out. My sister and I had started calling her mom by that time. What's wrong? She raised her face. I could tell from the redness of her eyes that she'd been crying for a long time. He pushed me up against the wall, she said, amidst her sobs. Dad did that? I was pissed and determined to end his autocratic rule that day. I remember grabbing a spatula from the kitchen and going to his room. Why did you hit her? I asked and walked up to him. I expected him to stand up to face me, but he looked on puzzled. I did not hit her, he said in a low tone. You pushed her up against the wall. I did no such thing, he insisted. That woman is a liar. I knew my dad could do it. He did that to my mom anyway, but I'll admit that for some seconds, I wondered why my stepmother would lie. My stepmother came in and stretched out her palms. I handed her the spatula and she left with it. My dad was a deacon in our church, so my stepmother probably thought the best way to handle things was to tell the church. That night, we had two church elders in our living room. I didn't hit her. I would never hit a woman. I've never hit a woman, my dad insisted. Ever since she came into this house, we've been having problems. I don't even have a great relationship with my kids anymore, I heard my dad say. One of the elders said to my stepmother, we've known him for years. Even when he was married to his late wife, they never had any issues. Surprisingly, my dad burst out crying. I still can't believe she's gone. I was shocked, and I could only imagine how shocked my stepmother would look too. At the end of the sitting, the two elders blamed my stepmother and comforted my dad. She became the villain very fast. My sister and I planned to talk to my stepmother to see if we could convince her to leave or at least report to the police. She was reluctant to. I don't know how I could do that. Your dad's very convincing. Everyone knows him as an upright man. No one will believe me. My stepmother had a point, but we pressed on. She refused to go to the police. What if they hurt him or put him in jail? Just as we were talking, my dad walked in. Put who in jail? He asked, fear and wrath written all over his face. As usual, my stepmother said nothing. Put you in jail? I responded to his question. We'll put you in jail if you ever... Before I could complete my statement... My dad punched me in the face. I yelped in pain while my stepmother yelled his name, confronting him for the first time and holding him from hitting me again. You will not hit him, I won't allow it, she said. He shook her hand off his body and left the house. 
My stepmother and sister got me an ice pack to put on the swelling and comforted me. I spent that night scheming on how best to get back at my father. I knew a guy in our neighborhood that was a fraudster and had just gotten out of what could have been a jail term because there was no sufficient evidence. I knew I would need his help. So, I went over to his house some days later and told him that I had a proposition that could fetch us both a lot of money. My dad works in a financial institution and I could help him get details that could help him get money from the company while putting my dad in trouble at the same time. On the day we were to carry out our plans, I skipped school and went over to my dad's study where he also sometimes worked. I took pictures of as many important documents as possible and took them over to my guy in my neighborhood. Nearly a month later, the police were invited and my dad got arrested for defrauding his company. I had never seen him so miserable and it made me very happy to see him like that. He cried and cried about being innocent of the company's claim, but the company had traced the loose end to him, so he couldn't get out of it. Months later, he was sentenced to prison, but he and his attorney appealed. He was released after spending three full months in prison. While my dad was in jail, my stepmother managed to start her daycare and was making money. I hoped the money that she was making would help her leave him, but she didn't. My dad became a lot more meek and quiet when he returned from jail. Even when he had his outbursts, my stepmother was always too busy to care about his anger. That taint on his reputation affected him badly and he sued his company for defamation and lost. These days, my stepmother's doing well financially and is the breadwinner. Well, I'm glad it humbled them a bit. I just hope, you know, maybe the relationship improved between the stepmother and the dad. Otherwise, you would have liked to have seen her leave. By the way, if you're enjoying these crazy stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our final story of the day is, Brother took my dream girl, so I sabotaged his dream job. For the people with same-sex siblings, I think you'll resonate well with the story I'm about to tell. I have to warn you that you guys might tend to get all judgy or self-righteous. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Just about the whole story. But you have to know that everybody can get a little crazy when hurt. So, don't blame me. When you have same-sex siblings, you'd know that, like the way you don't have all the same physical features, that the way you won't have the same personality. Some siblings will be brighter than others, some will have a bigger physical build, some will have a better sense of humor, and some will have the supernatural ability to pool in more affection and attraction from the opposite sex. My younger brother Mark falls in most of these categories and more. He was the total alpha male, tall, muscular, smooth, and chiseled face, a sexy smile, and the best lines. Naturally, every girl wanted a piece of him. But you should also note that these siblings in question tend to be huge, self-absorbed jerks that only care about themselves. And that's the case with my brother. He decided that of all the girls in the world that give him their unwavering attention, he decided to go for the girl I like. I wasn't going to have that. So, I also took something he wanted, but let me explain in detail. All through high school, I've always felt that I was living in the shadow of my brother. You can even put that literally because he was half a foot taller than me. I feel like this was supposed to be the other way around. The younger brother should look up to the elder brother. He should be encouraged and motivated by his exploits. But that wasn't the case with me. I was the introverted, short, and kind of skinny elder brother. I didn't even have a good sense of humor because, like I said, I was introverted. You need to actually practice to hone a skill like that. I was smarter though. That was all I got on him, but no one really cared about that. Mark went through 50% of the girls in high school when I couldn't even get one girlfriend. It was crazy and really demoralizing. I left high school a virgin. I thought college was going to be better. I was away from home and off to a fresh start. I expected that it would all get better here, and it was at first. During my first week in college, my roommate took me to a freshman party and we got drunk. I met a girl there and she was pretty drunk too. That would explain why she decided to pull me into the bathroom and, you know, give me the best first time of my life. I never saw her again after that day of course, and that first time became my only time during my freshman year. During my second year, I actually got a girlfriend. Her name was Meggie. She was in a different faculty, so we didn't see each other much. But all in all, it was a fun first relationship. We broke up during the summer holiday, though. During my third year in college, my brother Mark had already graduated from high school. And of all the colleges in the world, he decided to come to mine. What the heck? I went to pick him up at the airport, and the first question I asked him on the drive back to my apartment was, Why? I know my question to him could have sounded like, why did he decide to choose this lame college? Or why didn't he go for one of the other top-notch schools that offered him admission on scholarship? But I was actually asking in an unspoken manner, why does he want to continue to torture me with his existence? Why can't he just stay far away for crying out loud? You could have your pick of continents, but you decided to come to my college. Why? 
Of course, I didn't say this out loud, so when he answered, he said something like, Oh, I don't know, I just prefer this college, you know? Plus, you're here, we could be close again. Dude, I came all the way out here to be far away from you. Anyways, I took him to his dormitory and went back to my apartment. The next day, I still don't know how or why this happened, but I went to a lake house party with a couple of friends, and one of them, a girl, turned around and said, Who's that cute guy over there? I looked over, and yeah, it was Mark talking to a bunch of sorority girls. How on earth could this be happening all over again? He was already hanging out with more girls on his second day at school than I've hung out with in my entire three years in college. I wanted to just ignore him and drink till I forget that we're brothers. But a few minutes later, he spotted me and yelled my name out loud. Then he walked over and I had no choice but to introduce him to my friends. Keisha, the only girl in our group, was already playing with her hair and laughing so much at his jokes that I knew I was going to need a new female friend. The guys, on the other hand, started to ask stupid questions like, How was I the elder brother? He looked way more mature than I did. They made jokes out of the whole situation, and I smiled like it was nothing. But in truth, it really got to me. Eventually, I had to leave the party and turn in early. The next few weeks, Mark became hard to shake. He comes to my apartment unannounced and just hangs out with my friends all day. It got so bad that one time, we all decided to go on a trip to celebrate the end of our third year. I spent weeks preparing for this trip, and on the D-Day, I was all packed up and ready to go, only to call my friends to inform them that the bus was ready to leave, and they should hurry it up. They told me that they couldn't go because they were all hungover. Turns out that they went to a wild party the day before with Mark, and it just conveniently skipped their mind to tell me about it. I ended up canceling the trip and just sulking in my apartment. They came over the next day to apologize and I said it was fine, but I made sure to distance myself during the long summer holiday. If they preferred to hang out with my brother, well, they should. The fourth year was really lonely. I wasn't talking to the friends I'd made in the last three years, and I just sort of did it all by myself. Mark started to visit less and less. There were no friends for him to steal from anymore, so why bother, right? Anyways, I graduated from college and started my internship at a major tech company. It was a remote job, so I didn't need to leave my apartment though. Still, I decided to move from Pennsylvania to San Francisco, California, so I could be closer to work if I ever needed to come in. Also, I wanted to be away from Mark and just make my own path. It was the best decision I ever made. I had some money saved up from the part-time jobs I did in college, and I rented a nice apartment and did my job. I even had some free time to sign up for a gym. I started to make a greater commitment to my body. A few months into gymming, I met a girl named Ashley. The first day I set eyes on Ashley, I just knew she was the one. Dark skin, black hair, hazel eyes, dimples. I almost fell off my treadmill. Of course, I didn't go talk to her. I just couldn't. All I did was stare from afar as she did her workout routine. I tried talking myself into walking up to her and just saying hi, but it never happened. I just watched in agony as she finished her routine and picked up her duffel bag and left the gym. This happened a couple more times, and I just couldn't find the courage to walk up to her. I was that scared on rejection. I decided to give up since I wasn't making any headway. 
Just a few days later, I was walking out of my apartment to get some lunch when someone walked out of a corner and bumped into me. I was about to yell out some really profane words in the English language when I saw the person who bumped into me. It was Ashley. I looked at her wide-eyed and was speechless for close to a minute as she apologized profusely. Then she looked up at me and narrowed her eyes and then said, Hey, I know you. Then after a few really embarrassing stutters, I finally told her that we went to the same gym. We talked for a minute and that's when we got properly introduced. I've never felt happier being bumped into. It was like destiny. I couldn't give up now. That same night, I summoned up the courage to walk up to her apartment door to borrow an iPhone charger. We talked for a minute and then she asked me what time I was going to go to the gym the next day. At that point, I'd already decided to register with another gym because I didn't want to deal with having to see her every day without being able to talk to her. But now there was no need for that. I told her that I'll leave by 7 and she asked if we should go together. I said, yeah, sure. And we started to hang out more often. She would come over and we'd watch movies, play some video games, or even just talk. In the following months, we became really close and life was good. It was all finally coming together. Until the day Mark decided to ruin it all. By just showing up. By this time, I'd already finished my internship program and I was a full-time worker in the tech company. Mark had just graduated from college and he was finding his feet in the corporate world and one day, out of the blue, he decided to get on a plane and fly to San Fran to visit his elder brother. Ashley and I were cooking dinner when we heard the knock on the door. I could not believe my eyes when I opened the door. Mark was standing there with two duffel bags and a wide smile. I instinctively stepped out and shut the door behind me and then asked him what he was doing there. He said he wanted to hang out with his older brother for a few weeks. I really didn't want him to come in and see Ashley so history wouldn't repeat itself. But then Ashley came out to see what was going on and I didn't have a choice but to introduce her to Mark. Later that night, I told Mark that I was trying to ask her out and that he should give me pointers. I didn't want to tell him explicitly to stay away from her, but I felt like he should get the message. He said yeah, sure, he was going to help, and I thought that problem was over. But it turns out that it was just starting. A mere two weeks later, I had an in-person meeting to attend at work. I was supposed to be back in the evening, but the meeting was cancelled. So I went back home, hoping to get some sleep and maybe play some video games. I walked into my apartment and called out to Mark, but he wasn't there. I looked around and then walked out the hall, wondering where he went, since he didn't tell me where he was going. I moved past Ashley's apartment and saw that it was open. That was strange. I walked in and what I saw in her living room broke my heart. Ashley and Mark's clothes were littered on the floor and I could hear them in the bedroom. I was so mad at Mark that all I wanted to do was storm the bedroom and beat the crap out of him, but that wasn't going to happen. We'd never really been in a fist fight, but I was sure that if we did, I'd probably need crutches or something. So I went back to my apartment. Mark came back a few minutes later and was surprised to see me at home. I shrugged it off as I played some video games, pretending that nothing was wrong. Later that evening, he told me he was going back to Pennsylvania the next week. He'd applied for a job at a hedge fund company, and they'd finally decided to set up a meeting with him. 
He talked on and on about the company and how many times he'd tried to get in for an internship but was rejected. With the way he talked about the company, I knew it was something he really wanted. And that's when I decided to take it from him. He couldn't come all the way from Pennsylvania to California to cause me pain and I wouldn't have my revenge. Not this time. I spoke to one of my friends in the gym about the situation and he hooked me up with a guy that sells pot. I bought some and hid it in Mark's duffel bag. Then the next day, I drove him to the airport and even hugged him like everything was fine. He was able to go past the California airport security since pot was legal in Cali, but he called me like six hours later telling me he'd been detained by the police in Pennsylvania for smuggling pot. He strongly accused me of setting him up, but I denied it. Even though we both knew I was lying, I didn't want to say anything incriminating over the phone because I was really paranoid and I felt that the police might be listening in. Eventually, he was sentenced to 30 days in prison plus a $500 fine. He couldn't go for his job interview because he was in prison, so he missed that opportunity. I stopped hanging out with Ashley too. I knew it really wasn't her fault because I didn't tell her of my interest in her, but Mark's presence had really soured that relationship. Anyways, Mark got what he deserved, and I can actually move on now. It definitely gets to a point here where you wonder, is it intentional? Does Mark secretly just adore their brother and like being around them? Or do they just like using OP as pickings to pick off everything they have, and once they're done with that, go on their merry way? I'd like to get inside Mark's head and understand where they're actually coming from in all of these situations. I mean, considering that they were surprised that OP was back playing video games the one time they were hanging out with Ashley, probably is indicative that Mark had some secret plans that they weren't trying to let on about. That said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear some more crazy revenge stories, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.